gotten to know Chris and Danielle Green, of course. Danielle Green, this is her father and uh, mother and brothers that are here with us today. And, and uh, he's coming to preach to us. And what a powerful preacher. You're fixed to enjoy the word of God. Would you welcome to this podium, Pastor Daryl Sparks. God bless you. Aloha, Oregon. In Jesus' Praise the Lord, everyone. Somebody shout Jesus. There's no other name like Jesus. Amen. I tell you what, I'm just glad to be in the land of the free. Because Florida to me is the land of the free. We have Kate Brown, who's the leader of the OCP. That's the Oregon Communist Party. We're not supposed to be having church where we are because we don't, we're not supposed to have that many people in the house of God. We have plenty of room spread out and all that stuff. They kill, we can't. So that's a, great, that's a great thing you just said about the decisions made. But can I tell you, we're, going, we're having church in Oregon anyway. Can I tell you, I have a higher power and authority. I find some in the Word of God where they said, mm, you can't be doing that preaching stuff. And they went ahead and preached anyway. And they had a revival. We're having revival in the state of Oregon. You're having it here in Florida. We're having it across the nation. A pandemic can't stop God. It provides Him with an opportunity. Amen. It's great to be here. I give honor to your pastor and, his, and the first lady and this family. And I want to express my deep appreciation to you for hosting that excellent Bible quizzing tournament. I'm telling you what, class act, class act, top of the line. I'm telling you, we come a long ways. It's a long walk from Oregon down here to come to the Bible quizzing, but we come, we've come in the last three years because it is such an excellent thing that they do. I mean, it's top line. So you should be proud of that. And also, I want to express my deep appreciation also to the pastor and first lady and their family and this church for your kindness that you showed to my daughter. I'm already killed the mic, I'm telling you. Oh, this way, okay. <laughs> literal, I'm literal. But for your kindness that you've shown to my family. I can't be everywhere, but thank God there's family of God that are everywhere. Thank you, Dr. Myers, for your ministry. You know what? They love you. They have good things to say. I've never heard a negative thing about you, the family, or its church. They've. Is this better? Here? Hold it here. There we go. Now you're going to hear some preaching from me. Come on now. Somebody say amen. I've seen guys hold it up there so you can get more like that. But anyway, let's get to the Word of God. Amen. Acts chapter 3. Give honor to all the ministry that's in the house today. Uh, Acts chapter 3. I'm sure none of you have ever read this verse before, but I'm going to read from Acts chapter 3. I'm going to read a few verses, about 12. I normally don't read that many verses, but I'm going to read them today. If you've been a Bible quizzer, I remember when I Bible quizzed, we had to remember the whole, we memorized the whole book of Acts 1,058 verses, so I remember this verse. Um, I remember this verse. <laughs> Acts chapter 3 and verse, isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? 
It's great to see for the bush. I'm telling you what, I haven't seen him since Bible school, and I had to ask him. I said, where is he? Because I can't recognize him. Because I tell you what, we've changed in 35 years. Can I get an amen? You know what I'm saying right there. Acts chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb, everybody say, was carried. Was carried. Whom they, whom they, they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. To ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple. Asked an alms. And Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John. Said look on us. And he gave heed unto them. Expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said. Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them. Everybody say into the temple. Into the temple. And now he's walking and he's leaping and he's praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as a layman which was healed, held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this or why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our own power our own power our holiness we had made this man to walk right from the beginning I want to make this statement this church is important to this city and community this church is important to this city and to this community. I want to preface my remarks today with this statement. I'm not criticizing any other religious organizations. I will not name any other churches or religious organizations. Because today, there are lots of outstanding, upstanding individuals today that will be attending church across this city. Can somebody say amen to that? There are dedicated ministers, priests, children's ministers, Sunday school teachers today that will be doing their job today. And can I tell you, some of them are even more faithful to their work than we are at times. You say amen because that's true. But I want to make this proclamation. There's no other church like this church in the area, so this must be the church. Hear me. I looked and saw around this area, there's 20 other, 21 other churches in this location near us. And I looked at their websites and began to look at their message. I couldn't find another one that has your message. Can I say that this church is important to this city and this community? Because you're not like any other church. We're apostolic. Born of the water and the spirit. 
Holy Ghost feel. God led. Can I get an amen in the house? Hear me. I couldn't find another church with your same message. But today, I want to preach about how this church here has more than just a message. See, I went on websites and I saw these fancy cliches and I found all of these mission statements and they have words and they have a message. But this church here has more than a message. This church has more than a message. That's the reason why this church is so important to this city and community. I understand about AA and the 12 steps you need. I understand about the six stages to, corrupt, uh, to, uh, to recovery from addictions. I understand that. Pre-contemplation, contemplation, and I could go through all of those. I understand all of those stages and all of those things. And I applaud all of those that are working in those fields. I applaud every one of them that are working. Can you say amen to that? Amen. I am not being critical of any of that because those people that are working there are very caring and dedicated people to the cause. But the reason why they're doing those things, hear this statement, is because they have no other solution. Everybody say, no other solution. They have no other solution. So it's 12 steps. It's six stages to, a, to recovery. But this church has more than a message. This, mess, this church has more than a message. I want to preach on this subject today. Enabled or empowered? Enabled or empowered? Can we just lay your Bibles down, lift your hands, and let's pray. God, we need you today. Lord, I am weak, but thou art strong. I'm limited, God, but your word is anointed today. God, direct my thoughts, direct my words, Lord. And I pray, God, touch the minds of these precious folks that are here today. I pray, God, that the seed would get into their heart, Lord, and into their mind. Help them, Lord, I pray, to catch a vision, Lord, of the power, God, in this church. To understand, Lord, we are on a mission, God, sent by you, Lord. Help the church today, God, to get their eyes on you and realize, Lord, we're in the last days, God, and we must make a push, Lord, for the souls of this city. We ask it in the wonderful name of Jesus. Can you clap your hands right now and give God some praise? He's worthy this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Give God some praise. My God is worthy. There's no God like our God. And we need to worship God for just a moment. Oh, hallelujah. You're worthy. You're worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Hallelujah. Praise your wonderful name today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for standing you may be seated. I do want to say it's great to have Sister Honey with me today. That's my wife, amen, and my three sons, and also my daughter to be with them today. Today we read from Acts chapter 9, and for just a moment, I want to focus more on the setting of our story or the location than I want to really focus on the characters or the plot of the story that we read. Acts chapter 3, if you begin to read it, they said they took him where? They took him to the gate. Or let's put it another way. They took him to church. Because they took him to the gate of the temple or just right at the door 
of the church. They did that daily. Everybody say daily. Daily they took this individual and put him beside the gate. He was there daily. Again, everybody say daily. It's important to me. Daily. There daily. Did you realize that when we look over it in Acts chapter 4 and verse 22, we find this statement. It says, and this man was above 40 years of age. That means when Jesus was 12 years old and he was standing in the temple and he was answering the questions of the doctors and they were surprised at his understanding and wisdom at the age of 12. There was a man who was around 19 to his late teens to his early 20s laying beside the door of the church that day. He was lame when he came to that church that morning. Jesus is given some unbelievable... Did everybody know that Jesus is God? That means God in the flesh is in the house. There's a man by the door of the house. He's lame when he gets there. And he's lame at the end of the day. Even though God was in the house. And his friends came and picked him up at the end of the day. Hauled his carcass back to his house. Parked him in his house. And Jesus went on his way. Every day, they're bringing him faithfully to the... Now you say, well, what's the big deal about it? Luke chapter 19 and verse 47, we find this statement. Jesus, it says, and he taught daily in the temple. Everybody say daily. We find in chapter 22 and verse 53, Jesus is speaking to the scribes and the Pharisees and the high priests. And he says to them, I was with you in the temple daily. So we find in the scriptures that Jesus went to the house of God, maybe not literally, but almost every single day. Jesus, I find 18 different verses that record that Jesus was either in the temple or he was going to the temple. 18. Can I take you back to Acts chapter 3? Was there a lame man and he was there? How often was the lame man there? Every day. He was laying beside the gate called Beautiful. The gate called Beautiful was the most well-traveled gate into the temple. Obviously, that's it because where was the lame man laying? The most busy spot. That means Jesus, the almighty God of heaven, almost daily or lots of times in a week, walked down that very place where the lame man was laying. But the lame man never got his healing. Now you're saying, well, God didn't heal lame people in the temple. It just wasn't done. Really? Have anybody ever heard about Jesus going in the temple and flipping over the tables and money changers and doing all that stuff? Anybody ever heard of that story? I want to ask you a question. If that's going on in the church and we have somebody laying outside that door, do you think they didn't hear about that? Somebody out the door, they would say, there's a crazy man in there. He's flipping over the table. This guy's going crazy in there. They would have heard the message out there. Guess what? After you read that story in Matthew about Jesus flipping over the table, this is the verse you're going to read directly after that. Here's what the verse says. It said, and the blind and the lame came into, to him in the temple and he healed them. Where was the lame man? Right outside of the door of the temple. 
why God is in the house healing the same thing or the same issue he has at the door of the temple. But he didn't get his healing. You're saying, well, where's, where? let me show you another story. Anybody ever heard of the guy sick of palsy? The Bible says that four bore him. Now, that's, it doesn't mean, I know we have a lots of crazy thinking in American that you can have 21 different genders or whatever it is now. But when it says they were born of four, that doesn't mean he has four mothers. There's an E at the end of that. It means that four people were carrying him. Now, look at the story. Four of them are carrying this man sick of the palsy. They get to the house. Can't get into the house. They were happy. They said, let's go back home. you just going to have to stay the way you are, bub. Everybody say not. 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 They looked at it and said, mm-hmm. we can't get in this way. <laughs> I got another way we can get in. Let's go up on the roof. Now, I want to ask you guys a question. How many of you think that they had a bunch of ropes on their shoulders when they came down there? They came prepared with ropes on their shoulders to let him down through the roof. The answer is no. They didn't come prepared to let him down through the roof. They came prepared to to carry him right into the house. But when they couldn't get to Jesus, they went up on the roof. That means somebody had to go, hey, you got a rope? Somebody got some ropes? Because we got to let him down. And we can't just say, timber. We got to let this guy down in there. So they had to go find some ropes or something to be able to let this man down in there. Why? Because these people had such a desire to get this man sick of palsy to Jesus. You ready? They tore off the roof. Can I tell some apostolics today? We may have to lift the roof sometime to get somebody to Jesus. We need to be on fire for God. We need to be able to praise more than anybody else. Shout more than anybody else. Pray more than anybody else. Be in touch with God more than anybody else. Can I hear an amen in the house? I take my coat off. I'm about ready to preach. I did this. They tear the roof off. They start letting him down. There's four of them. Everybody say four. Because he couldn't get there by himself. Let him down. Can you imagine Jesus standing there? What in the world? What in the world? And here they come. Jesus looks at this man. sick of palsy. He's coming down. He comes down. Look at what the verse says. The Bible says, and he saw their faith. Who? The man laying on the bed? He didn't get there by himself. He couldn't get there by himself because he didn't have the power to get there by himself. And Jesus said, the Bible says that he saw their faith. The four that had bore him to the house, they saw their faith. And when he saw their faith, He turned his attention toward him. And he said, hey, why don't you get up out of that bed and walk? I'm talking about my God. you got to hear me today. And the Bible says, verse 12, he grabbed that bed. That's Acts chapter 2, I mean, uh, Mark chapter 2, 2 through 5. Now, verse 12, it says, and he grabbed his bed and walked out. You know what that bed represented? It represented his past, his present, and what his future may have been. But when he came in touch with 
God, Jesus, that bed changed his future. Now he's carrying his bed instead of being carried on his bed. Come on. If we can get some people to Jesus, it's going to change their future. It's going to change who they are, folks. Thank God for the power of the Holy Ghost. Woo! I'm not going to preach long today. Pause on that, on that story. Go back now to Acts chapter 3. Did you realize this man had some dedicated friend or family that would get his carcass every day and bring it to the temple every day and park him there every day? Everybody say they cared. This church... Is important to this city and this community. Hear me because there's no church like this church. They brought him there every day. It wasn't because they didn't care. You know why they parked him there? It's because, as I said a while ago, they had no other solution. That's why we have the 12 steps. That's why we have the six stages to recover. That's the reason why we have all these programs. Can I tell you, the apostolic church can't match dollar to dollar for some of the other religious organizations. And we're not going to because we're not like any of the other religious organizations because we have a different game plan. You say, so what's the big deal about this guy? Here's the big guy. Every day this guy is taken there. He's parked beside that deal. Why? So he can ask some alms of those going in to the house of God. Why? Because he understood this. I'll tell you where I can get the mostest money. Everybody say mostest. That's what I tell my grandkids. That Moses is this, 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 this. Because he knew he could get the Moses is this, this, this. Money. Ready? From the religious people. But Myers, you ever had anybody come and ask you to pay their rent? You ever had anybody come and ask you for money? I didn't say that. He said that right there. I didn't say that. Why? Because there's people who look at the house of God and they have a cup out. Put it in here. Put that money right in here. Why? I want you to give me something that will help me to or enable me to maintain my issue. Why is it we got people that come for church for six years and never receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Is this too much? Why? Because sometimes we don't understand who's in the house. All we see is a building and we say, hey, that's the temple. That's the house of God. And so here, here's my cup. I just need something to help me maintain my issue. We got a religious world that are enabling people to continue to be what they've always been. Come on, somebody needs to hear me. Apostolics, you need to get a different mindset. Our mindset isn't, let's just get them to the house of God. Getting to the house of God is a means to the end. It's not just to get them to the house of God or have them shake the preacher's hand or let them be a member of our church. It's not about just getting them to the house of God. 
Sit down. Listen to this. Here's the difference between our two stories. The objective of the people in chapter 3 was to get him to the place where he could find the most to continue to help him or enable him to be what he's always been. Even with God in the house, the healer, I'm going to tell you one thing. I had a broken hip. I had a body cast from right here down to this toe and to right here. Even then, folks, I was climbing on this little thing and scooting myself around because I wasn't going to stay still. If somebody told me that there was a God in the house that could heal me, I'd be dragging my carcass inside that house. Nobody had to have me. If somebody's really hungry, nothing's going to stop you from getting to God. You'll drag yourself to the altar. You'll do whatever. You'll say, devil, you can't get between me and my God. I'm going after my God right now. Oh, somebody shout amen. Whoa. My God. Is this all right today? Sit down. Here we go. Chapter 3, he's got his little cup out said, give me something to help me enable myself. I know what, I pastor a church. I have people come year after, Dr. Myers, you know what I'm talking about. We're connecting right here. They come and want to hear beautiful words from me so I can soothe their conscience or just enable them to continue. They don't want to change. I like the sermon. I like the people. I like the fact they connected me up for a job. I, can, I like the fellowship here. It's nice and clean. It's good to hang out with. Good social network. It's good stuff hanging with all you great people. La, la, la. But it's not about connecting to people. Chapter 3. Cup. Give me. Objective is different in both stories. In chapter 3. Tune in. Objective in chapter 3 is this. Let's get him to the house of God. So he can maintain his issue. You ready? Mark chapter 2. Objective of four who bore him. Was not to get him to the house. But to get him to the God that was in the house to get him to the healer who was in the house there's no church like this church because we're not a church who enables we're a church who empowers people to live a victorious life somebody shout amen Honey, we're not just trying to get people to a building. We're trying to get them to the God of this church. We're wanting to help them in this house so they can meet my Jesus. And they can feel the power and the anointing of my God. Oh, somebody shout amen. How many of you believe that words mean something? How many believe words mean something? How many believe that God's word is the anointed word of God? You can have a seat. We read this. Now I want you to look at the words. Peter and John. Whole time. I wear, I wear a lapel one. I don't do this thing anymore. So this thing like, whoa, here. That, that, that's strange here. Anyway. The whole time. That man was laying there. The whole time. Jesus was walking on this earth. 
but he never got his healing. Well, Jesus didn't have the power to heal him, I guess. Seriously? You going to go there? He did. Jesus is now ascended. Peter and John are now going to the house of God for prayer. I don't know how they was walking to me. Walking to me. I don't know. But I'm trying to make it look like they were really, you know, real men going to the house. And here's this guy. There every day. All the time Jesus going in. He looks at them expecting to receive. Look at the words Peter says. Peter looks at him and he said, Silver and gold have I none. Let me tell you what he really said. I don't have anything that will help you maintain or enable you to keep your issue. Somebody just hold your hat. That's a problem with the apostolic movement to a degree. We got more money in the bank account than we used to have. And now we're meeting needs with money. I'm not saying this church. I'm saying there's some churches now that are meeting needs with money. Can I get an amen from the pastors in the church? They are meeting needs with money. And people are leaving the house of God with the same issues they came in with but back years ago bishop we didn't have the money we didn't have the things i was raised in a country church in tennessee i'm telling you what silver and gold was something we could often say have i none but i'll tell you something i do have back in the day we couldn't enable them with things because we didn't have things to give them we didn't have money we didn't couldn't pay their rent we couldn't give them money for their car payments we couldn't do that and look at what Peter said silver and gold have and I can't maintain this but such as I have whoa give I thee in the name of Jesus rise up and walk he didn't enable him he empowered him with the power of the spirit of God my God is a healer my God is a deliverer my God can't do anything somebody shout amen and out this church is different we're not here to enable people we are here to empower people with the power of the Holy Ghost Hey, Peter, what's your message about? Here's what he was saying. You know what, Bubba? I had issues too. You know what my issues was? I was beside a fire and they asked me, did I know Jesus? And I said, I don't know that man. I couldn't even stand up for Jesus. I couldn't even stand up for my God. Matter of fact, I started cursing because I couldn't do it. But something happened to me. There was a Jesus who in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 said, and ye shall receive and ye shall receive. And I've been empowered. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 says, What? And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place in one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And they began to speak with tongues as they got the power. And Peter now is standing here. Whoa! 
I've been empowered. I used to couldn't stand up. But in verse 14 of Acts 2, I stood up with the other 11 and began to preach. And I was, come on, because I've been empowered. Silver and gold, I have none. I can't enable you to keep your issue. But I got power to deliver you from your issue. You don't have to leave the house the same. My God can change you. My God can transform you. My God is great. Come on, somebody needs to shout right now. Get to your feet right now. I'm in the house of the almighty God. But the important thing is, God is in the house right now. If you have issues, God is here to deliver you from your issue. If you're battling with things, it doesn't matter what it is. Pornography, it doesn't matter addiction. God is in the house. I don't have any money for you, but I have a God for you. He can give you deliverance. Come on, is there anybody that wants to meet the God of the house this morning? This church is not like any other church. We don't want you to keep your issue when you leave the house of God. We want you to leave today delivered. We want you to leave today with your issue left behind. You know what the man in chapter 3 says? It said he began to walk. He began to start praising God. I'm telling you today, when you get delivered, God will give you a voice of praise and worship. Come on, these altars are open. Is there anybody in this house? You've been struggling. I don't even care if you've been going to this church for a long time. Come on, maybe you're talking to some other people, some singles in the house. You've been battling with some things for a long time. God is not here. Just enable you to keep being what you always been. There may be some people that have been members of this church for a long time. And you've had issues you've been battling with for a long time. I don't even know any of you. But today would be a great day to say, God, I'm not leaving here today. I didn't come today just to be enabled and feel good when I leave. I want to be delivered. I want to be empowered with the Holy Ghost. God, break this thing in me. God, give me deliverance. Come on. Is there anybody today that needs deliverance? If you do, you need to put your hands in the air right now. If they're saints of God, you haven't praised like you should be praising. You haven't worshiped like you should be worshiping. You need to worship God like you've been delivered from an issue. You need to lift. Come on, somebody worship God. Woo, I feel God in the house.
moment. Somebody lift up a shout unto the Lord. Somebody lift up a shout of praise unto the Lord. The gift of faith is here in this service right now. How many of you feel faith in this service right now? You feel there is faith for God to do anything in this room. There is healing in this room. There is deliverance in this room. People are about to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost in this service right now. You didn't come to the gate of the church. You didn't come to the door of the church to go back the way you came you have come into the presence of the king of kings and the lord of lords and he is ready to do whatever you need him to do in this service right now so we want to just give an opportunity for those if you have a specific need we're going to give instruction during this time of prayer If you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, we're going to make room right here at the front. You won't be the only ones that come, trust me. But we're just making room right now for you to come. We have space right here. And if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I want you to come stand right here. Here comes somebody right now. You come stand right here. Now, this is what we're going to do in just a moment. While you're thinking about responding, in just a moment, we're going to have people lined up right here that have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost. We're going to have people who come who need healing in their body. We're going to have people who come who want to have deliverance in their family, deliverance in their lives. We're all going to come. Whatever your need is, we're going to come together. Everybody say together. And we're going to pray together. Everybody say together. And then we're going to leave changed together. Everybody say together. Now we're waiting just another moment. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, you may be thinking, I'm not sure if I've received it. Here comes somebody else. Maybe I have received it. If you're not 100% sure that I have received the gift of the Holy Ghost, just like the Bible says, speaking in other tongues, you can come receive that gift right now. Jesus said, if you want to enter my kingdom, you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. And His Spirit is here available for you right now. We have people who are going to be baptized. Behind this wall is a baptistry full of warm, clean, fresh water. We have changing clothes, robes you can get into so you don't have to get your clothes wet. We've got changing rooms and towels. We've got it all set up for you today to get baptized in the name of Jesus. Having all of your sins washed away. If you've never been baptized or you're thinking, you know what, I think I was baptized, but they might have baptized me in a different way. We know according to the book of Acts that they baptized in the name of Jesus. And in that same chapter that Pastor Sparks was preaching from today, Peter said, neither is there salvation in any other name, for there is none none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That name is Jesus. 
If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, would you raise your hand right now? You've never been baptized in the name of Jesus. We're not going to bring a bucket to you right now and, and douse you in water, but we just want to know, is there anybody here today that's never been baptized in Jesus' name? Amen. Anybody else out there that's never been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues, would you raise a hand? Maybe you don't want to come to the front, but you want someone to come pray for you. Would you raise a hand? We've got just a couple of people right here. I think there's more here. If you have already received the gift of the Holy Ghost, would you raise your hand? You've already received it, speaking in tongues. Keep your hand up for just a moment. Now, look around you. Is there anybody around you with their hand down? You got your hand up, hand up. Anybody around you with their hand down? And if their hand is down, go to them and say, Hey, do you want to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost today? Most of us here have received that experience. Amen. Praise God. That means we're in the right place at the right time. You can put your hands down. How many of you have a need in your body today? The scripture we were reading from, from Pastor Sparks' sermon was about physical healing. And we believe that physical healing can take place. You have sickness in your body. You have pain in your body. How many of you have that in your body right now? But this is what I feel, and I believe Brother Sparks was preaching today, that if you want something new to happen in your body today, it's time, to you, it's time for you to do something new for Him. Maybe you've come the same way every week, every week, every week, every week, just like the man who was late at the gate every day. But it's time for some of you to do something different today. And say, I've done the same thing, gone through the same motions, but today I'm going to press just a little bit further. I'm going to take another step of faith today. How many of you, one more time, raise your hand if you have a physical need of healing in your body right now. Amen. What I want you to do is just sort of gather in as close as you can. If you have a physical need, if you're not able to come forward, you just stay right there. And we have leaders in this church who will come pray for you that while we're praying, if you'll lift your hands, uh, somebody will come minister to you and pray for you. And we believe in the name of Jesus that there is a, po there is a power and there is an authority uh, in the name of Jesus. How many of you need deliverance in your life from a situation? It doesn't have to be addiction, but it could be addiction. It could be a situation that you can't get yourself out of, and you need Jesus to step in and get you through. Uh, how many of you are in a situation right now that you need Jesus to step into? Would you raise a hand? I need a deliverance. God, uh, I need you to step in this valley of the shadow of death uh, and pull me out. If you have a need of deliverance, would you step forward? Would you just take a step of faith? Now, what we're going to do, and most of this church is familiar with the prayer of faith. We're going to pray the prayer of faith. That means that's the only prayer we're going to pray. We're not going to pray, oh, Jesus, if you can do it, if there's any way, if you have any more power for me. No, 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 no. We're going to pray the prayer of faith. That by the name of Jesus, he's going to heal and deliver and set free. Peter said, such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. That was the prayer of faith. And we're going to pray that same prayer today. 
And in just a moment, we're going to lift up our hands. And for those of you that don't understand why we do this, we lift up our hands as a sign of surrender. God, I surrender my sickness and my needs to you. But the second reason is, God, I lift up my hands in faith and expectation that while my hands are lifted, I'm reaching for something. Uh, I've got to have something from you, God. Uh, I have an expectation uh, that I'm going to receive something from you. When we pray this prayer of faith, we're going to lift our hands and we're going to lift up our heads toward heaven because when your head is down, it means you, your focus is on you. It represents fear or shame or doubt or guilt. But when my head is lifted up high, Jesus said, look up and lift up your head for your redemption draweth nigh. When my head is lifted up, my focus is on him. My eyes are lifted unto the hills. We're going to have our eyes closed as we focus in on the Lord. We're going to imagine, we're going to envision His Spirit, His love, and His power. We're going to forget about those around us, and we're going to forget about distraction and intimidation, and we're going to focus on the Lord with our hands lifted, our heads lifted, our eyes closed. But the last thing we're going to do is we're going to lift up our voice of praise. Everybody say praise. We're not going to start saying, God, if there's any way, can you do it, Lord? No, we're going to start praising God for the victory. I praise you for healing me. I praise you for baptizing my family with the Holy Ghost. I praise you for pulling me out of darkness into your marvelous light. I praise you, God. We're going to praise. This whole place is about to be a sanctuary of praise. Uh, There's not going to be anybody complaining or grumbling. Uh, Everybody's going to begin to praise. Uh, Everybody's going to begin to worship. Uh, And the scripture said that God inhabits uh, the praises uh, of his people. Somebody shout with me. We are his people. Now, if you're ready right now. If you're ready to pray that prayer of faith and release that praise, I want you to lift up your hands high towards heaven. Come on, lift up your hands right now. I want you to lift up your head. Position position yourself upward. Position yourself upward, vertical. Position yourself by faith. I want you to close your eyes for just a moment. Everybody hear me. I want you to close your eyes and just envision that praise coming out of your soul. That praise of faith coming out of your innermost being. Uh, I want you to envision uh, the response of God uh, according to your praise. I want you to envision you taking that step of faith today. And the Holy Ghost is going to come down upon us in this place. When I shout hallelujah, when I shout hallelujah, I want everybody to begin to shout praises unto God. And when we begin to praise the Lord, the Holy Ghost is going to fall. And every man and woman is going to begin speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Somebody shout yes. Come on, shout yes. Now get ready. By the authority of the word of God and by the power that is in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we activate our faith and we release our praise unto you. Fill us with the baptism of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! Come on, lift up your voice. Lift up that shout. Lift up that 
praise unto God. In the name of Jesus, receive the Holy Ghost now.
We just need to pause and have just a praise break for a second. If the Lord has, if you know for a fact right now God has touched my body, would you just begin to wave your hands unto the Lord? You know there is sickness there. There is pain there. It's not there anymore. Would you just give the Lord praise? If you're standing on faith that God is going to heal you, would you wave your hands and lift up your voice? And would you just give God praise right now? Let a spirit of praise move over this place. Let a wave of worship engulf this place right now. Somebody just wave your, your hands and lift up your voice under the 